You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. This is a daily podcast covering the World Series champion Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I'm Vince Samperio, Chavez Ravine Fiends, here back together with Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential. Jeff, a Monday with no Dodger baseball, uh, but at this point in the season, it was a, a nice little reprieve. Yeah, especially because they are in the middle of a long stretch where I think this is their only day off in three weeks or so. And so uh, definitely had to appreciate this one. And uh, yeah, but I'm excited for the Dodgers to play again. Yeah, Dodgers got a series with the Padres coming up. We'll get into that. We'll get we'll take a few questions from listeners. We put out a call on social media, and that's the the, the majority of today's episode. So before we get into all that, a quick reminder to subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcast. And when you get in your car or if you're at home, take smart device to play podcast locked on Dodgers. One quick roster, not a roster move, but Connor Green, who the Dodgers designated for assignment to add Shane Green to the roster was claimed back by the Orioles, who the Dodgers claimed him from. So, Jeff, what were you remember most about the Connor Green era? Uh, the thing I remember most is just now having to look up which games he pitched on to remember if I have ever seen him do anything. And it turns out I only saw one of the two games he pitched in, the other one I was just listening to while I was on vacation. And then I guess the other thing I'll remember is uh, wishing maybe we could undo it uh, because maybe the Shane Green move doesn't seem like the best move at this point. Yeah, Shane Green didn't have the, the best time in his, in his debut, but kind of what I mentioned yesterday with him is they got him, added him in right away. They've done that with a lot of players, but this seems like a guy who they might think can, can help him out, and maybe with all the guys coming back this week, he may be a guy that goes on the IL, and then they work with him, and then he comes back and gets one more try. So we'll see. I don't know if that's what, what they're planning on doing, uh, but you can see them doing that pretty easily. Uh, another thing about a, a former departed Dodger is uh, Yoshi Sutsugo turned on a 96 mile an hour fastball and hit a home run uh, for the Pirates, which you know doesn't really change much. The Dodgers are going to get back full strength anyways and wouldn't have a room for him. Uh, but you know, good for him if he's going to figure it out and start hitting. Yeah, it's almost a bummer that they didn't take a little longer to to help him get fixed uh, because you know if they had fixed him in like mid September, then probably. You know, he would have just stayed in their minor league system and they could have kept him, but uh, they got him fixed and he had opportunities at the major league level and it wouldn't have been right to keep him in AAA when he deserved to be in the big leagues and they didn't have a spot for him. So bummer that the timing worked out the way it did, but uh, uh, when you look at it in the other way, which is the Dodgers have too many players that are better than him, even if he learned how to hit, uh, it's not the end of the world. All right, so we put out a call for questions a little bit later in the day, got a, a couple back, and we are going to get right into those. The first one's from at Stevie underscore Lamar 6. 
he asked the question that we've we've been asked before, but uh, it's a new day and new standing. So do you think the Dodgers catch the Giants this year? Yeah, I'd be more confident if uh, yesterday's or Sunday's results had gone the opposite direction and the Dodgers were only half a game back instead of being two and a half back. I, I do still think when you think about, you know, there's what, 38 games left or something. And basically... Uh, the Dodgers just need to be three games better than the Giants over the last 38 games or whatever it is. And I do think talent-wise, that is roughly what the Dodgers are. So uh, I don't think Ned Coletti's prediction that the Dodgers win the division by seven games is going to be uh, going to come true. But I do still uh, believe that the Dodgers are going to win the division by you know a couple games. Yeah, and right now in the next week or so would, would be a good time for the Dodgers to take advantage, the Dodgers got the Padres, who are struggling. The Giants got the Mets, who have been struggling. But then the Giants play the Braves, the Brewers, and then the Dodgers before playing the Rockies and Cubs. So you know, it's a good, a good time for the Dodgers to play the Rockies this weekend. And then I think they play the Braves. Yeah, the Braves next week, next week. And then they head over to San Francisco. So they're within, like, the game and a half heading to San Francisco. That's a good time for them to flex their muscle and – Go go ahead and win it, and you know the biggest thing with the with the Dodgers and Giants is the Dodgers have all the numbers. Their Pythagorean record or expected record is much higher than the Giants. They've scored more runs, allowed less runs, more higher run differential. It just hasn't quite worked out that way. The Dodgers have kind of scored in bunches a lot of times, and the Giants have been probably better in one run games. Although the Dodgers have are just two games under five hundred, I think, in one run games now. So. They, uh, they definitely turned that around. They won their last two extra inning games. So everything is trending upward for the Dodgers. But as we said, the last time they played them and, and didn't fare well is that they still got to go out and do it. All the numbers on paper won't mean much if they don't go out and win. And they got to win this week against Padres, take on the Rockies this weekend, and then head into next week against the Braves and Giants ready to go. Yeah, and the thing we have to remember is that clutch hitting is a fact, but it's not an actual skill, and the Giants have gotten a lot of clutch hits, and so uh, another way of putting that would be the Giants have gotten lucky to get hits at the right times. Uh, You know, Lamont Wade probably isn't going to hit a two-run home run every time he comes up down by one run, so, uh, you know, chances are that luck is going to even out, but we are running out of time for that luck to even out, so. Uh, Next question from... Evil Russian with the sevens asks, who needs to step it up to take us back to the promised land? Yeah, we've had this question before, and I think last time the answer was Mookie Betts and someone else. Honestly, you know, they don't necessarily need anyone to step up. I don't think I just think they need everyone to kind of play how they've been playing. If AJ Pollock continues the way he's been playing, they'll be fine. If Max Muncy continues the way he's been playing over the season, not just not this last weekend against the Mets. They'll be fine. You know, everyone else, same thing for them. In that regard, Cody Bellinger's having the worst season, so he would need to step up. But he's not necessarily guaranteed a spot in the lineup, but he could earn a spot in the lineup, make it more difficult for the Dodgers or, or keep the ability to rotate everyone having day off without missing a beat. That would be the most ideal situation in terms of who needs to step up. And then in, like, in the bullpen and, and with the starting pitching, it's just a matter of, you know, Walker Buehler can't do much more than he's been doing. Max Scherzer can't do much more than he's been doing. You know, most of the guys in the bullpen can't do too much more than they've been doing. They've been put out there putting up zeros. So it's just a matter of everyone continuing that and rather than one person stepping it up. Uh, but like I said, with that regard, that means Cody Bellinger is the one that does have to step it up because he's having the worst season of them all. 
Absolutely. Cody is, for me, the obvious answer. He's because he's going to get five starts a week, at least, even when everybody's healthy. That's, you know, it, it's not like he's going to sit on the bench while everybody else starts. He's going to get five starts a week. And, you know, you could make a case that he's getting closer because pitches that he was swinging and missing at, now he's popping up. And, you know, hopefully he can take that next next step. He did on Sunday on that one pitch. You know, he saw he got a pitch and, and he drove it for a line drive. Uh, we just need more line drives from Cody Bellinger. And, uh you know, hopefully that's going to come because obviously his overall season numbers are going to be bad, uh, but that doesn't really matter to you and me. It matters to him maybe for arbitration purposes, but to you and me, we care about what he does between now and the end of October. And uh, hopefully he's getting closer and he's going to step it up and, and be a contributor. Obviously he's a gold glove defender in center field, uh, but hopefully he can make some offensive contributions like he did on Sunday and uh, come up with some key hits. Even if he's not an overall great hitter, getting some key hits at key times would be ideal. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of, Similar to last season where he didn't have the greatest season. Max Muncy didn't have the greatest season. But they had their moments in the postseason that ended up leading the Dodgers to a World Series championship. So that's really what it comes down to. They The Dodgers are going to be in the playoffs in some fashion. We're not entirely sure how yet. Uh, but it's just a matter of, of everyone playing to their potential. Absolutely. All right, we're going to come back, answer a few more questions. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. It's that time of year again, and a lot of eyes are turning to football, although our eyes will still be on the Dodgers. But teams are getting back on the gridiron to start the football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at BetOnline. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, which is make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champ Bucks and the Cowboys. If you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up at BetOnline and using the promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, baseball, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's get back into our questions. Next question is from at Antares Trader, Antares Trader, not sure, but either way, what does the starting rotation look like down the stretch? All right, so uh, Bueller's, uh, and, and this, we're just going to have to assume health, um, or at least hope for health. Bueller and Scherzer are obvious. Uh, Julio is. At this point, obvious, coming off the IL, he got his little break. Uh, you know, hopefully his innings count still concerns me a little bit. I had thought for a while that they might shift him to the bullpen, uh, but missing a start and getting 10 days off maybe accomplishes some of that. Uh, the, one of the big question marks is is Kershaw coming back and when. Uh, and then, you know, Tony Gonsolin is somewhat of a question mark. You know, if Kershaw comes back, the first four are pretty obvious and easy. And then you've got David Price, who has looked good at times, didn't look good on Sunday, at least in the first inning. you got Tony Gonsolin, who might get healthy, and, you know, if he can get some of that command back, he's definitely an option. you got the young guys, Mitch White and Andre Jackson, both put up really, really good performances. Uh, you know, I doubt either of them is likely to be in the rotation when everybody's healthy. Uh, but, you know, 
I would guess that that fifth spot might bounce around between a lot of the different guys if everybody does get healthy at the same time. Uh, you know, and maybe even Julio's spot bounces around too. Maybe they skip a start for Julio here and there. Uh, I don't know. We're we're running out of time in the season to do too much of that, but uh, I, I'm guessing that they're going to start at least in the back of their minds thinking about. October and and having guys rested enough it's really a challenge because right now they have to fight for the division you kind of got to put your best available pitcher on the mound on any given day it would be nice if they could take control of first first place with a few weeks left in the season so they could do a little bit of that maneuvering uh, and mostly just so that Brewers series won't matter at the end of the season Uh, but you know that that's kind of my thought is Bueller, Scherzer, Kershaw and then probably Julio, and then a, a mishmash of other guys in the fifth spot. That sounds right. And obviously, yeah, health-based, that's that's the high-end situation right there. I talked about this a little bit yesterday where, with David Price in regards to how they're going to handle him and, and his his numbers and difference between first time through the lineup and second time through the lineup are pretty stark, even with the two clunkers that he's had against the Mets and the Giants in the first inning. So it's a it's a matter of maybe the Dodgers use that fifth slot for maybe this is what I'm thinking. So if if they don't know what they want to do with Julio or if he ends up throwing you know too many innings or whatever the case is, that game four potential in the series could be a, a David Price start with everyone else kind of following in line, a bullpen game if you must. Maybe he gets one time through a lineup and then you know it goes batter by batter from that point or whatever the case is. That way they can have Julio for a game one or two if they need out of the bullpen, and then they can have Julio maybe in bulk or a little bit more than they need in game four, whatever the case is. It's also going to hinder a lot on Danny Duffy, what he comes back and what he's able to do. It seems like with how late he's coming back, it'll be in a reliever role. Tony Gonsolin, same thing. Depends how he comes back. Depends how effective he is. And then just depending on, you know, Andre Jackson could find his way somehow on a postseason uh, roster, depending how often they use him, or even Mitch White, depending how often they use him or how they use him. They will need that type of swingman guy that they've had in, in years past. And I think that's what they'll use either the fourth spot in the rotation with Julio or the fifth spot. They do have four off days in September, so they would be able to adjust themselves a little bit to maybe skip a Julio start here and there. But uh, like I said, that's contingent on Kershaw coming back healthy. They're not going to roll out there and run two bullpen games in a week again. I don't think so. Yeah, another thought I just had as you were talking is if they do, you know, when you think about the postseason, that fourth starter slot, if you assume Bueller, Scherzer, and Kershaw as the the top three starters, fourth starter isn't even guaranteed a a start in the division series, you know, in, in the championship series and the world series kind of guaranteed a start unless they decide to go with somebody on short rest and and Bueller and Scherzer you know both seem like the kind of guys they might try to go on short rest with in a series like that uh, if necessary and so I wonder if they would even want Julio in that fourth starter role in the postseason just because I don't know if that's the best place to get his value so maybe you would rather have a David Price or somebody as the fourth starter so that you could you know use Julio you know, get him more innings when they really, really count. And if that's the case, if they're thinking about that kind of role for him for October, maybe they do start that role in September and and shift him to the bullpen, uh, you know, as a multi-inning reliever, partly to to limit his innings and partly to kind of get him ready for that role in October, maybe. Yeah, and that's, you know, the point that you made right there goes with the point you made in your first time of, 
this is all contingent on how the standings kind of play out. If they need to continue to win and have guys go deep into games or, you know, don't really have the the leash to kind of play around with things and they might have to go straight shot. But if they are close enough within a game, up a game, whatever the case is, in first place, then they can maybe play around with a little bit more. Like I said, they do have four off days in September, which is good for them. Uh, because they'll be able to adjust things if they need to get somebody some rest, um, especially with Kershaw coming back off the I.O. and Julio throwing so many innings. So you can t- for sure it's going to be Bueller and Scherzer up top the rest of the way, and then the, just the way everything else plays out is going to depend on a lot of factors. Yep, absolutely. All right, our last question comes from Alejandro at Alex99. Who is more likely to be re-signed, Clayton Kershaw or Max Scherzer? Yeah, I think I mean, the answer is Kershaw. He's... They want him to be a Dodger for life. I would imagine Kershaw at some point wants to be a Dodger for life if he wants to continue playing. And just based on that, that that's the answer. If Max Scherzer really likes it here, it's possible that he wants to resign. But I think just based on the answer of more likely, it's it's got to be Kershaw just because he has the ties here. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Kershaw is, especially given how Kershaw's season has gone, so he's probably going to be more open to a pay cut. You know, not obviously they're not going to use that phrase <laughs> talking to him, but recognizing where he's at in his career, his health history, you know, he's still very good when healthy. But, you know, when the Dodgers re-signed Rich Hill it, it, before the 2017 season, you know, they signed him for $16 million a year, 16 million, 18 million. I, I remember that. They were uh, all 16, Hill, I think. They were all 16. Yeah, Hill and Kenley and whoever the other one was, Turner. JT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the same annual value. I think it was 16. And the way they described it then was we know we're not going to get 33 starts from Rich Hill. We're hoping to get, you know, 15 to 18 good starts from Rich Hill, and that's the value he's going to bring. And I could see a similar thing with Kershaw, whether it's we expect him to get hurt or we, we know we're going to shut him down for a little while in the middle of the season or, or whatever. Um, I, I could definitely see that sort of deal for Kershaw, a 16 to $18 million a year deal where they're not expecting 33 starts from him. Scherzer is a more interesting one because Scherzer – uh, has has had more innings this year. He did have some health issues, you know, some little concerns. But and he and he's quite a bit older than Kershaw. But I don't know that Scherzer's going to come into the off season uh, prepared for that much of a pay cut. And so you know, it'll come down to okay, well, how many years is he looking for? There's a lot of things that could go into it. And hopefully, you know, he will enjoy his time in Dodger Blue so much that he will, you know, want to make an effort to to work with them and resign. Some of that will depend on, you know, what Trevor Bauer's contract situation looks like and all that. Uh, but at the end of the day, yeah, I think Kershaw's a no-brainer and Scherzer is a, huh, there's a real, very real chance. Yeah, you can kind of think of it in terms of, you know, Kershaw's 30 mil, whatever he's getting, Jansen 16, 18 mil, whatever he's getting, coming off the books. So right there, there's around $50 million. You would think that the Dodgers could earmark that for Scherzer and Kershaw and split it in some kind of sense uh, if they really wanted to bring them back. And yeah, like I said, it's also contingent on Bauer. What happens there? It's contingent on what they do with the luxury tax. You know, if they end up lowering the luxury tax threshold and the Dodgers, or if they make, you know, different types of penalties like they've been talking about, 
It's possible the Dodgers may not want to do that, but also if they win another World Series, I think the ownership will continue to do and pay whatever they want in order to keep the team on the field. Yeah, and it is kind of crazy that the the new CBA probably won't be agreed upon until a month or two into the free agency season. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that affects free agency overall. Yeah, exactly. All right, we're going to come back and talk a little bit about the dynamic of this Padres-Dodgers series and how things are different from earlier in the season. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you want to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? You got to deal with somebody behind the counter that orders the parts. And they don't even, sometimes they don't even order them to you. You have, they order them to themselves and you have to go pick it up. So you got to make two trips. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. And you can get everything shipped directly to you. You'd be supporting a family business that's been serving people online for over 20 years. They have reliably low prices for every customer, not just people from dealerships or mechanics. And they have everything you need from brake parts, motor oil, tail lamps, and even new carpet. Whatever you need, rockauto.com can get it. Go explore their easy to use website today and find the solution for your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. This episode is also brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with us, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. We host a Locked On Dodgers room every single week, and this week it'll be on Thursday following the Dodgers-Padres game uh, in San Diego, Green Room is a perfect place to start or join conversations about MLB or the Dodgers or whatever you want to talk about. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. Again, make sure to join us this week on Thursday following the Dodgers Padres game. So go download the Green Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. Create a profile, link your Twitter, join the MLB group, follow Snydog to let to be notified when our room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, Jeff. So Dodgers-Padres has a little bit different feel heading into it. The Padres are on the way down. Dodgers are on the way up. There is a lot more games between them than the last time they played. The Padres are currently not in a playoff spot. So last night I tweeted out, the Dodgers have Julio, Bueller, Scherzer going up against the Padres team in shambles. Not winning this series would be a huge letdown. And there was a lot of replies, uh, a lot of replies with similar sentiments about, you know, how the Padres get up to play for the Dodgers. When the Padres play the Dodgers, it's like the World Series. They play extremely well against them. Um, Basically, a lot of the offense needs to get it together. We can't lose any more series. The Padres, blah, 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 get excited for the Dodgers. Just a lot of, of that type of sentiment. And I just wanted to talk about how, you know, the, the Dodgers and the Padres played 10 times earlier this year where the two teams were, were in, well, the Dodgers were in similar spot, but the Padres were in a different spot where they were still thinking about competing for the NOS title. The Padres were a lot more healthy. They were playing a lot better, and they were able to overcome a lot of flaws with some of their offensive guys. But now we're sitting here where they don't have too much on the offensive side other than their, their all-stars, Cronenworth, Machado, and Tatis, and Tatis has been in and out of the lineup because of that shoulder. 
They are getting Darvish back, and they have some of their rotation, but not all their rotation. Their bullpen, who had to make up for a lot of innings earlier in the year, has kind of faltered a bit, and even Mark Melanson has struggled a bit. So they're two teams like going in different directions, and you know I don't. Even though yes, the Padres will probably get excited to play the Dodgers, I don't think the talent is there the same, and I think the Dodgers should be able to handle it better this time. I totally agree. I I do expect the Padres to get up for it. They always do, and even in years when the Padres are bad and the Dodgers are good, they always seem to put up a good fight. But you know, I said earlier this year when I when I told you why I expected the Padres to fall off, it's because they were doing so much based on emotion. And, you know, the fact is, even when the Padres were at their best, they weren't as talented as the Dodgers. Uh, And, you know, Padre fans may disagree, but, uh, you know, I I think we're seeing that bear out. Yeah, they've had injuries, but some of that's self-inflicted, you know, and and guys who were – because they were trying to play on emotion instead of, you know, UCLs and things that arms need, you know, that that you can only sustain that for so long. And when I said – Earlier in the year, you can only play on emotion for so long. This is what I was talking about. You're going to get hurt if you if you go balls to the wall. Every, can we say balls to the wall on this network? I don't know. I just did. Um, if you if you're playing that hard every game that with that much emotion, you run the risk of burning yourself out, either mentally or as we've seen with the Padres physically. And so, you know, the Padres are not in a good spot. Like you said, they're not. If the season ended today, they would not be in the playoffs. If the season ended today, there wouldn't be playoffs. Have we learned nothing from 1994? Uh, but if if these standings hold up, the Padres miss the playoffs. I mean, for me, it's a bigger question now. Are the Padres even going to finish? You know, as the first team out of the playoffs, or are the Cardinals and or Phillies going to pass them too? You know, it's uh, the Padres are a team going down and there's not really that many signs of, you know, getting better. They get you Darvish back, but you Darvish has been bad lately. You know, the Ryan Weathers has been bad lately. They got him back from injury, but he's bad all of a sudden. So, you know, it's not like with, with the Dodgers, you can say, man, they're playing really well and they're getting Mookie back this week and they're getting uh, Kershaw back soon and they're getting Danny Duffy back, all that stuff. The Padres is like, well, they're playing really poorly and uh, there's not really much sign that they're going to get better. And so they're going to be relying a lot on that emotion this week against the Dodgers. And I just think that most of the time, the team that's actually better is going to win over the team that's more pumped up. And that's even if we do just grant the premise that a team that has just gone from uh, fighting for a division to out of out of the wild card spot even is going to be able to play on that positive emotion. Now the Dodgers are ten and a half games up on the Padres. The Padres are two and eight in their last ten, and you know it's just a matter of their offense isn't really hurt. I don't think it's mainly been their starting pitching. Snell and Darvish are expected to pitch this series. They've both done well against the Dodgers. With Snell kind of pitching a little bit better recently, Darvish was pitching a lot better when he was facing the Dodgers, so who knows how that's going to go. But the Dodgers are sending their best three up there. This is a series they know they need a win, and this is the time in the last few years where we've seen the Dodgers take care of business against whoever was around them uh, for the division. Obviously, 2017, we remember they lost those games against the D-backs, got swept. But they were so far ahead at that time, it wasn't really a threat. We've seen them beat the Giants in the Bay Area multiple times in September to either clinch or or whatever the case is. When they were close in the early part of this of this NOS title run, we saw them go 18 and nine in 2018 and overtake the Rockies and then get, uh, hit to 163 and win that game. And then last year we saw when when it was what September they played the the Padres 
The Padres won that one game when Grisham hit the home run off Kershaw, and there was a little bit of jawing. The Dodgers ended up winning the next two games of that series and then ended up you know, dominating the rest of that month and, and winning the division pretty handily when there was as close as one game during that series. So this is where the Dodgers have, have won these games in the past. I think that's kind of what Dave Roberts has been saying too in some of his press conferences, basically saying that you know these guys have done it before, they know what they need to do, and now's the time to do it. And I honestly... Until I'm proven otherwise, this is now where I think, okay, Dodgers, you're going to win these games. You're going to beat the Giants. You're going to at least win the Giants series. You're going to at least win six of these next nine against the Padres, and you're going to give yourself the best chance to win the division. Yeah, and one of the benefits of the Dodgers not having to play on emotion all year is that now they kind of can. They can come into this series fired up saying, this is our time. We need. We have a chance to gain ground on the, on the Giants. No letting off the gas pedal. You know, the two new additions, Trey Turner, was drafted by the Padres and then traded. Maybe he's got a chip on his shoulder about that. Max Scherzer, last time he pitched against the Padres, he gave up a grand slam to a relief pitcher. Maybe he's a little upset about that, you know. And then all the Dodgers players coming in saying, all right, let's 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 just take these guys to the woodshed. Because after watching, you know, I'm sure this rivalry, quote-unquote rivalry, means more to the fans than to the players. But, you know, the players did watch Trent Grisham taunt Clayton Kershaw after a home run last year. The, the Dodgers would love... The Dodgers players would love to be part of the reason that the Padres go home on October 3rd and uh, make vacation plans instead of playoff plans. And I understand fans, like their responses to you. I'm not a psychologist, but I do play one on a podcast and it's a defense mechanism. It's, you know, it's natural. We've been hurt so many times. You know, we, if you, I, I used to joke, the lower you are, the lower you set your expectations, the happier you are with whatever you have to settle for. That's kind of what we're doing here. You say, okay, yeah, they'll probably lose two out of three to the Padres. And if they win the series, you can be excited. Uh, that I don't choose to fan that way. Uh, I would rather save my misery for when something bad has actually happened. Uh, because if you're miserable and then something bad happens, well, you didn't even get any happiness beforehand. So it's like pulling a, a basketball player when he's in foul trouble. You, all you're doing is guaranteeing that he's sitting a bunch of the game. Let the dude foul out, you know, before he, before you take him out of the game. And so let the Dodgers foul out before you take yourself out of the fandom. Just go into it po positive because the Dodgers are a better team than the Padres. They have better pitchers going. They have better hitters hitting. Chances are they're going to win two or three of these three games in San Diego, and we can all be happy about it, and we can be happy looking forward to it too. Beginning of, this, of the season, I maybe felt you know, a little bit different. The Padres were closer in talent at that time. They're not there anymore, and that's what we talked about earlier in the year, how this is 162 games. The Dodgers are built on depth. The Padres were built on talent, but not depth, and it's kind of played out the way we thought, maybe not to the extreme that it's gone, but I, I said this last time. I don't want to put too much on it because the Dodgers could very well play the Padres in the wildcard game and lose, but it's the fact of the matter is, is kind of how we thought it would play out with even down to Hosmer and Myers not doing what they did last year, it's all kind of played exactly how we thought. And now it's just the Giants' fault for being better a couple of years before they thought they were probably going to be better. And I said the Dodgers are going to finish 13 games ahead of the Padres. Well, like you said, they're 10 and a half right now. 13 is looking pretty darn possible. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, Jeff, is, uh, you got anything else before we head out? No, I'm really excited for this series. You're going to be down there in San Diego, right? I will be there for Tuesday's game, get to see Julio come back, and uh, hopefully bring back a win. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, do your job, Vince. Yeah, I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. 
And, uh, yeah, so that means tomorrow's episode, you guys will probably get Jeff on his own since I will be coming home after the game. But, you know, Jeff hold it down. So I, I might actually be talking to Javi from Lockdown Padres. That's always oh, there fun. There you go. That'd be fun. Uh, yeah, especially if the Dodgers win. So that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to tell your friends, family, coworkers, and other people in your life about Locked On Dodgers. We were back in the number one spot among the MLB Locked On Network uh, podcast. So thank you for that. But let's keep it up and keep that going for the rest of the season. You can follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince Samperio. If you want to call and leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text, you can do so at 323-863-LOCK. That's 5625. Or you can send us an email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car or if you're at home. Tell your smart device to play a podcast, Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.